0: Good morning. Did you know it's July 4th, Independence Day coming up? Could you guess? All right. Yeah, we are grateful for God's gift of this nation. And uh, so we have some things to celebrate that this morning. Uh, did you guys see, I suppose you probably couldn't miss it, but the fireworks stand out this morning. Did you drive by that? Yeah. yep uh, our hop redemption house of prayer is doing their fireworks fundraiser and uh, we're glad to help them out with their fireworks fundraiser so if you need some fireworks still um, stop by there and pick up some firecrackers and roman candles and whatever else you need from them We'd be glad to help them out with uh, that fundraiser that they do and it goes to a great cause locally here and they use it for uh Sherry and Steve are at the airport this morning collecting Danny and Emily and the girls. So that's why that table is empty. And uh, we don't have our normal beginning of the month cake for birthdays, for July birthdays. But we do have some other snacks back there. So I saw some cinnamon rolls and some donuts. So thank you to whoever brought those. Appreciate it. And uh, so if you haven't got some breakfast this morning, get back there and get you some um appreciate everybody who's uh donated to uh the little lighthouse trip to kenya for the training for teachers who are doing special needs uh that i'm going on uh my part of the trip has been fully funded and i appreciate everybody who's kicked in on that and uh so got two weeks left to to when i go so be praying for that um really appreciate that anything else all right let's pray father god uh we do thank you for united states of america and uh, the blessings the many blessings of this country and uh that we are able to live in a place where we can freely worship you and um a country that was founded on principles that are uh, found in your word, principles that are based on your principles. Father, uh, I just pray that this country would continue to be a country that honors you and looks to you, and as uh, things look like they change and go away, Lord, I just pray that they would continue to, that they would go back to you. And, uh, Lord, there are, things that can be worrisome, but Father, we know that you are in charge, and I just thank you for the the many good things that you have provided for us, and uh, thank you for um, the foundation that you've given us, and I just pray that we as uh, people who have lived here and received those things we continue to build on that foundation. Lord, I pray for the service this morning. I pray that you would be here with us, and I pray for this message as we looking to your word to hear about um, government. It's a timely message with the, what we're celebrating this weekend, and we're looking to see how government relates to you, and I uh, just pray for that. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: We come to a special time when we join with those who have come to Christ over the centuries and we celebrate this meal, this communion, this time of unity that brings all of us from all the various aspects, denominations, uh, cultures together in and around Christ, this meal we recognize that he is the one who's made the difference that he's the one who entered this world and changed everything so let me read to you from first peter first chapter and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites he will judge or reward you according to what you do so you must live in a reverent Reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Through Christ you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your hope and faith in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again. But not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. If you would... Take your chalice and open that in with the unleavened bread and remove that. And we remember together the Lord on the night of his arrest took bread, broke it for his friends, and he said, This is my body broken for you. Take and eat. And with great joy, Lord, we join with all those other believers from ages past and those around the world today in celebrating you. You have made the difference. And we have been born to new life because of what you have done. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the hope we have. If you would take the other end of the chalice, peel that back, Inside we find the fruit of the vine, representing the blood of Christ. And according to 1 Peter 1.18, You know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Take and drink. you, Lord, for that sacrifice. Precious blood of Christ given for us to allow us to enter into a new life, a new relationship, one that never fades, not like the flowers in the grass, but remains forever. Oh, we give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: can tell I know that the light of his presence will need us continually dwell redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the light of love the- song His love is the theme of
1: We are doing a series walking with God in the world, and one of the things we run into in the world is government. Well, that's the way we say it around here. That's how it was taught at Shoto School, government. So we, got, we got some serious stuff we have to deal with. There are governments and have been around since uh, people had to organize back at the beginning. So, what is that all about? Well, government and God has to do with this whole uh, issue of chaos, which breaks loose early on in history. Adam and Eve, we've got influence from outside. Satan is involved in this whole process. We have immediately things put together, God said very good, shortly after broken. And separated from God. So the chaos sets in and there are problems. And to deal with it, God allows people to form governments as a way of dealing with chaos. To give a place for uh, some order and some place for people to have peace, prosper, and... uh, have possibilities but as we know human beings are broken and often twisted in their thinking so governments are often less than the best and so we have that issue as well so what do we do government and God well here's Jesus he gives us answer and and they're going what this is found in Mark chapter 12 verse 17 he is um, talking to a crowd they have held up a, a coin and they want him to hang himself by aggravating the Roman Empire with his answer and then he gives this. Well then Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them because he didn't hang himself, he just gave a straight answer. There's a place for government and there's a definitely... This is God's world, his universe, his creation. And there's a place for both. So that's what he's trying to say. But uh, trying to balance this becomes an issue. So we have a variety of views on how government works and how it fits and where God fits and all of that. And that's what we're going to take a look at. So here's some views. Here's some views of uh Government and God, so one is that government is over God, so government 's above the line, God is underneath God is subjective, God plays a part uh, you, you can have government uh meetings you can you can have a Congress or a parliament and and then you pray because you want god 's blessing on what you are doing but he's he's the little genie he's the this nice little unseen power that 's in the background, but he you, you, government's really the power. The king, the queen, the president, the Congress, parliament, or the military junta, who, whoever happens to be running the thing is the power. And that view would make it very understandable when that government says, I want you to worship the king or the queen or whoever's in charge now. And you go, oh, okay, because government is above the line. God is, you know, or gods back in the day, but we're we're talking about the one true God. So we separate the two, and we put government above all of it. So government comes in and tells you, we don't want you talking about God in a place of public education. Why would we do that? Because it's fearful. Fearful. We don't want you reading a book that may refer to him because government is supreme. We want God down here. If our morals shift and we come up with a whole new way of viewing uh, humanity, we want you to agree with government. God is down here, subject to the government. The government will tell you when God can be spoken of. Or you can have prayer for the Senate or the Congress or anywhere else in the military of whatever government it may be. If it happens to be the U.S. government, then the government is viewed as above God. If you look at the early days of the United States, you would see that's probably not how they saw things. But government... Than God, that's a view. Another is to have them equal, so you can have a view where government and God are side by side. And uh, again, God is is not the one calling all the shots, but he has you know at least some equal authority to to uh, participate in government, and people will. Give him a nod or include him or see that there's some value in having uh, maybe biblical truth or the Ten Commandments or something that might impact government in some way. But, you know, don't get carried away. We still have government equal to God, so they, they, they run parallel. This last one, this view, is having God as the ultimate power the ultimate wisdom the ultimate source of all things the creator of all things he may in that position be able to guide government in a direction that would be the best for all people so that's God above government in a big way that changes everything but which one is it how How should Christians in this modern era approach this how, how do we see government because if government is equal to God, then we need God, we need the government to tell us uh what shots to take and when we need government to be the source of our health care we need government to be the source of our income because many people are looking for government to provide. Everything you need, not just roads and bridges, but everything. And we look to government, and, you know, that, that they should come through for the poor people. They should come through, you know, they should really come down on the rich. And they should really, and we have this whole thing because we want to redistribute the uh, the wealth. We want to take it away from anybody who's got it and give it to me because I don't. And so government is now... You know, equal to God, or God replaces God, so above God, and in this we switch it around. God becomes He's supreme. Government now is subject to God's direction instead of government coming up with a plan. This happens in churches as well because churches have governing governing bodies. We come up with a plan and then we tell God, "Bless my plan." God is sitting in heaven going, why don't you ask me what my plan is? And you guys come along and do that. How about that for a thought? You know, no, because we just want to do what we want to do. We're, we're humans. We already know. And we wind up in trouble. So here's God above everything. So what do we do? How do which one of these do we, we look at? Let's look at God's kingdom. When Jesus came, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm opening the door to this. I'm bringing the kingdom. So here we go. God's kingdom. The priority according to Jesus is seek first his kingdom. God's kingdom. Matthew 6:33. You worry about all this other stuff, how you're going to get this stuff. You're all anxious about it. You want to control it or you want somebody to give it to you. And here I am to tell you this is where you start. Seek first. That's the priority. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all the rest of it comes. So that's God above government. That's God above family. That's God above all of our opinions and ideas. This is seeking God first, God's kingdom, his rule, his authority, his decision, where he wants things to go, our purposes. What do we do with our free time? What do we do with our resources? What do we do with our house? What do we do with our cars? What do we do with the time we have on this planet? Seek Him. Seek God, His kingdom, His rule, His way. Jesus gave us an example in prayer, and He said, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. And most of us are lying when we pray that. Because if He really came and did what we just asked Him, our lives would be significantly different. Our government would be significantly different our communities, our country would be significantly different. Because he want, what he wants to bring is, is good for all people. And he wants us to be able to live with a right relationship to him and then a right relationship to the people around us. And we, we would be looking out for each other in a way that is so different than typical human relationships. So the kingdom becomes first in this. So it's God above government. It's seek first his kingdom. It's pray for his kingdom, for his will to be done on earth. And this is a whole different way of, of approaching government. So we're gonna go back way back to a time when Israel was in trouble. They had turned their back on the on the Lord. They had decided to do things their own way they were leaning on uh, at that time their particular government, their king, kings. There's a number of them that were affected by this, and they uh, decided that worshiping other gods, pulling in other ideas, oh, you sure you can pray to Yahweh? We, you know, you can include him once in a while because you know government above God. Just yeah, you can throw him in there in the mix. That's okay. Well, God said, I've had enough of that, so I'm going to let. The kingdom, the empire of Babylon come and uh, take you away. So they're invaded. And they're invaded three times. But this early on in the invasion process, the Babylonians show up and carry into captivity some young uh, men from Israel uh, that are now going to be in the court. So they're going to be hauled back to Babylon. And Their lives are going to be altered, significantly altered. So we have Babylon. It's a major power. It's an empire across the Middle East. It has many gods. They're worshiping a variety of gods. They've got superpower. and, And Nebuchadnezzar is the king, so he is what he says gets done. He is the authority. And and he he just has incredible power. Babylon is wealthy, so there's material wealth. They have riches. They've as they've conquered these other lands, they have brought those those goods into their capital and into their way of living. But they're also producing a great deal. So they 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 have invented uh, some accounting systems that were pretty amazing. Later, there's handwriting on the wall that deals with accounting terms. So you remember, we're not getting into that part, but there, there's, that's coming. If you don't remember, read the book of Daniel. It's coming. But that they are being addressed by the living God about their wealth and, and this system that they've come up with. So they've done really well. And people that are for the this kingdom a part of it are thinking man you know these our gods must be on it cuz you know, we got we got big money it is a monarchical system so again the the power the authority rests in the king what he says goes and he is also the judge so if he decides that somebody needs to be executed they're executed it, it's not like You know, somebody, the president of the United States says, well, get rid of that guy. Well, we don't know behind the scenes. But in the legal system, they can't do that. Let's go through the court system. So Babylon, major power, many gods, material wealth, monarchical system. Babylonian captivity. Judah is overtaken in 586 B.C., so the thing is, is gone at that point. These guys are hauled away, these young men, but that's in an earlier, uh, uh, around 600, they're they're taken away to Babylon. So they're gone by the time 586 rolls around, but I mean, they're gone to Babylon. Uh, They're faithful to God, so we're going to talk about that. Daniel and his friends do their jobs well without compromising their commitment to God. that there there's so many lessons in all of this they are in under the authority of a foreign power that has incredible wealth that has a leader who has absolute power they worship many gods so their culture their system everything is is opposed to different from what daniel and these boys from judah knew so they have a twisted education they are put into the schools the chaldean schools they have to learn the language they have to learn the culture they have to learn how you set the table how you eat when you're with dignitaries they have to learn the language they have to learn the accounting system that the babylonians came up with but they have to learn the gods how do you honor those gods what does that language mean and the the little symbols that are everywhere which give you a clue as to how you act in different scenarios. They have to do that. So they've got twisted education. they got wacky worship. They have messed up morals because many of these uh, gods that they worship are fertility gods. So, so there are sexual acts that are involved in some of that. There, there are... Uh, the ideas of what happens in the afterlife or what is moral, what is good, all coming from these other gods uh, and the twisted ways of thinking. They have unjust executions. If the king or somebody in power gets upset with somebody else, they just cut their heads off or send them to the lion's den or we we know the stories. There's a lot of things. that uh, They have creative ways of getting rid of people. Daniel and his friends are brought in under all of that. They are learning all of it as as, uh, people who worship Yahweh. They have to go into an education system that is 180 degrees from what they believe and what would be... uh, you know, accepted in, in, uh, well, Israel, if it were doing the right thing. Think about that. How quickly Christian youth who go off to college, which would be about the age of these young men, go into a college and turn away from Jesus. They can even go to a Christian college. And And the fire... The excitement, the joy of the Lord is is gone. But these guys are in a school that is 180 degrees opposite of everything that they would know in Israel. They did not falter. They learned it. They learned it so well, they're at the top of the class. They're at the top of the class. There's some... Miraculous things that take place, but they wind up being placed in areas of responsibility. In Babylon, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all get a position of authority. Had they blown it, they can be demoted or beheaded, and it just can happen. They did so well that they keep getting promoted, they keep their jobs. Daniel keeps his job through king after king after king because he did it so well. What is it that in modern-day Christianity, if you don't send your kid to the exact thing, hold their hand the whole time, they can't survive being a believer in Jesus Christ any longer? How does that work? These guys are sent to a school that is to tear all that down. And yet they're faithful. Daniel and his friends do their jobs well without compromising their commitment to God, which is why some serious things keep happening to them. So lessons in faithfulness. The book of Daniel. Know God and keep his ways. Well, what would they know by the age that they were? Well, they didn't know everything, but they knew enough. Yahweh is God. We're going to hold on to that. And we're not giving in. Were they grumpy, pushback, angry, we'll tell you, we're holier than you kind of students? Or did they learn the lessons without compromising? They did the job so well that they shined in the places that they worked. They represented the living God among all these other gods. And people could see it. And they were jealous. And because of that, they wanted to get rid of them, which is why the fiery furnace, and that's why the lion's den, and that's why these other things came up, because they had to find a way to get rid of these guys who were doing the job so well. And we don't want them getting credit or their God getting credit, so we've got to get rid of them. Which just gave us some great miracles to have in the book of Daniel. And we still uh, are amazed by those stories because they're so good. But they know God and they keep his ways. They do good work even in a, in a bad place. You ever been, man, I can't work here. You know, these guys, they're not on my team. They don't even believe in Jesus. They're immoral. They say bad words at work. I was in the army. Ah, yeah. Try to find something. It's got more words than that. Okay. Do good work even in a bad place. You just follow the Lord, no matter what. Faithfulness to Him. Stay steady even when threatened with death. Well, it might be uncomfortable, and I have to work outside, and they don't have AC, and and and, and they they're mean to me because you know I didn't I didn't join in on their joke. And so now it's just bad. God saved me from this horrible place. And these guys just kept working, doing a great job. So great that everybody saw it. And they recognized that Yahweh was the one true God. Hmm. So, respecting government. Romans picked this up. Paul is addressing... These uh, believers who were in Rome, he hasn't gotten there yet to visit with them, but he's writing to them. Remember, Rome is not the friend of the pretty much brand new church that exists. Uh, Rome is responsible for putting Jesus on a cross, for killing a number of uh, believers, uh, new, the people new to the church. And Paul has the Gall, to write something like this. The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes. Whoa. For these same reasons... For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. And we started off with Jesus saying, you know, give to Caesar what's Caesar, give God what's God, and now we have this. And you go, well, wait a minute, that's not my attitude about government. It's probably why we need to change our attitude about government. We do not compromise. We seek first his kingdom. We do not give in on the truth. We do not slow down. We do the best job we can. We pay our dang taxes. We do it. Because that's the right thing to do, and those government workers also need to be paid, just like Paul says. They're serving God in what they do. So we have a a God who is to be above government. In all things, we seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. We are praying for his kingdom to come. We know that in this world, it's not going to be finally done or perfect. But it keeps the chaos at a minimum. Even in the empire of Rome or Babylon, it kept some chaos at bay. Otherwise, everybody does what's right in their own eyes. That's the book of Judges. And then just imagine how much fun that would be when you're at an intersection and everybody pulls up at the same time. Even when we have rules, you know how well that works. So, we need a way to curb the chaos. Government provides us that. God is above it. Government, And don't lean on government to solve all the problems, don't think the next president is the solution. He is not. It is God who is the answer to all of this. And if it's not time for him to take over, then we live through this just like Daniel and his friends, doing the best we can without compromising, and we stay committed to him. We stay committed to the living God no matter what. That's how we do it. And we do it so that we can make a difference in this world. Part of this, because we are in the United States, and we need to appreciate the country that we have, and appreciating the United States is part of of that. We're going to celebrate the 4th of July coming up. So we have freedom and opportunity. We have the freedom to do many things. Those are written into the Constitution, which was a brilliant document. Remember, it is not the government who gave you those freedoms. It is not the government who decided, well, we're going to carve out something and give it to you because we are so gracious. It was the people who gave the government responsibility. These rights belong to people because it's the people who formed it. The government all those other people in those nice buildings in D.C. did not come up with this. And they do not give it to you. And they cannot take it away. It's written in the Constitution. The one that they swear to uphold and protect when they take office. Which they should take seriously. It also provides opportunity. Opportunity to, to work. Opportunity to find a way, not for the government to provide for us, because government is not God. God. It's an opportunity to live in a place where you can actually go to work or get an education or have a place to live. And, and if you're thinking that this is just an awful place and, and it, it just sucks here, just go visit another country. Just go spend a week or two and see what they can do. See what the freedoms are that they have. See what opportunities they have to work. And there are beautiful countries just south of us. And you can go down there and talk to those people. Well, you don't have to go that far. Just go to our southern border, and you'll see the millions of people lined up to get here because what they want is freedom and opportunity, which many people in this country turn their nose up to and say there is no opportunity there is no freedom. Well, if that's true, why are all those people lined up? They're willing to give everything they've got, risk everything, to get to that border, hoping to get here to experience a little bit of freedom and a little bit of opportunity. Appreciating the United States is an important part of this. God has allowed this country to be here at this time in history because this country is sending God's truth to more places around the world than anyone else and provides help to places around the world. If we fail to do that, Things might change. Great Britain used to do that. They're not at the top of the heap anymore. Did you notice? You do it for a while. There's a blessing that comes with that. We're not perfect. But it is a way of representing God and his kingdom. And making a difference. Trying to help around the world. We are in the process of striving for a more perfect union. Not claiming that this is a perfect union, because it isn't, but it's gotten better. It's taken over 200 years to get where we are. We are slow, but it's better, and it can still get better. we still got to work at it, but it gets better when God is above government, when God is guiding And we are listening to him, and we are growing in character, and we are caring for each other, and we are operating in his power to make a difference in our communities, in our homes, and then our country. Makes a difference. Ultimately, I mean, we appreciate the United States, but we're just, you know, here for a little while. And this will fade like the flower, like the grass. This country will be gone. But the king is coming the king is coming and the government will be his all of it Isaiah 9 tells us it will rest on his shoulders and he will run things it will be absolutely just it will be a place where you have freedom to explore to go anywhere beyond this universe into the heavens the government will be his just not yet we're just praying for his influence to happen here that his will be done but when we pray that when Jesus said that he meant that starts with us not God's will be done on that guy or on that political party or in that state or no no starts right here starts with us begins if we can't if we can't get past our anxiety, our anger, our lack of forgiveness, our desire to follow him with every part of our being, we don't know what his kingdom's about. It starts with us. Just like it did with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and it starts moving through and it shines through our character through our courage, through everything we give it. The king is coming. But in the meantime, we're supposed to be doing this job. And we do it in this country. The one he's given us during this time in history. As crazy as it may be, this is our time to shine. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving us our crazy America. Thank you for giving us the possibility, Lord, of freedom, of opportunities, a, a chance to make a difference, uh, not only in our lives as, as we follow you and, and, expand the kingdom, but in the lives of the people in our families and communities and our country and in this country to the world. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. And Lord, uh, We do want to give you all the honor and glory because it is your kingdom that's coming and we pray that your kingdom come among us now. In Jesus' name, amen. To God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Amen.